The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Matt Minnick and this is Coach Speak. Thank you for tuning in today. I know some of you are probably sick of it. You don't want to hear anything about the Bengals. It was a tough one this weekend. All right, hard loss. Um, And sometimes you just want to move on. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not what we're doing here. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, But, you know, we're going to put an emphasis on it and what it means for the future, where this team needs to go. Look, this team is, is still in it. Um, nobody's running away with this thing in the AFC. They're undefeated in the AFC North heading into this Cleveland game coming up this weekend. And, you know, I think there's a lot of teams in the AFC that were, were good but have some issues. Um, I don't think there's anybody who is who is unbeatable. So keep your heads up. Um, I think this is a learning opportunity for this team, and hopefully they take it the right way and they, they come back and – Everything I, I think I know about Zach Taylor points me into that direction. Um, we talked about this last week. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I, I even swore. I never swore in this podcast, but I, I said, hey, don't do it. Don't overlook him. And look, they, they just weren't bringing it. You know, they, they didn't have that fire. You know, one team was really fighting to win that game, and it was not the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, and... Taylor talked about it all week. He was trying to avoid it. He said, look, hey, they're, they're good. We're not going to, you know, walk in there and win the game. And, and Mixon talked about how good their, their front was as well. Um, I tweeted early on in the game. I said, this team isn't good enough to start thinking they're good. And that wasn't about you and me thinking they're good. That's about them thinking they're good. Um, so this, this isn't about a confidence thing. This is about complacency. When you think you're good, you cut corners. You see a mistake and you don't think it's a big deal. You assume things are going to work out. All right. And you're not fighting with everything you have. You're not fighting on every single play with every single rep to make things happen. They have to have that mindset. They're not good enough to win without that mindset. And really, most teams aren't. Uh, But they definitely aren't good enough to win without attacking things in that way. They came into the season, nobody believed in them. All right, uh, very few people outside of this organization would have dreamed they'd be five and three right now, 
And I think all of us, you know, I was one of the bigger optimists out there, uh, I would say. I think all of us would be very happy with sitting at five and three right now. Somebody would tell us in August and be like, yeah, great. That's, that's fantastic. Um, and you know, still in control in terms of the AFC North. Um, they, they've really, they came into this year in that position. They were the underdog, right? That's who they are. That's their identity. And they have got to keep playing with that mentality. That's how they were winning games. All right. The, the us against the world, you know, nobody believes it, but us, we care about each other. We don't care about it, you know, what everybody else says. Like, you got to keep going with that, and you got to fight for each other out there in the field. And that's just what we didn't see in this game. You know, they went into the game as a top seed in the AFC, playing a one-win team with a backup quarterback. So clearly they weren't actually the underdog. But you don't really have to be the underdog to have an underdog mentality. All right? You know, coaches can sell it. And – they can sell the us against the world, the underdog slogan. They can sell it even when you're winning 12 games. And we've seen it with the Patriots in the past. Or People are like laughing, and I'm like, you're in, you're in first place in the division. Why, why are you talking about nobody believes in you? Um, but, I mean, it's the truth. Like, you, you can sell that. Like, you can still get that into a team even when you're winning games. Uh, but in this game, they lost their edge. The offense was flat. At some point, the talent of Mixon, Higgins, Boyd, Uzama, it it played a role, you know, and, and it was enough, even though people weren't really going, you know, that talent was enough for those guys to make some plays. And that helped the offense get going. I don't think the offense was ever really clicking, though. You know, they were just making plays because they were better. The Jets punted once, all right? Flip over the team, as I said, the Jets punted once with a backup quarterback and, at one point, a third-string quarterback. That is not good. Uh, every player on the Bengals' defense seemed to think that somebody else is going to make the play. All right, there, Again, there wasn't urgency. You know, like They were kind of getting around there, but it wasn't my hair's on fire kind of effort uh, to get there. They were missing tackles. All right, That's not finishing plays. Right, that's, a, that's an effort issue as well. They know how to tackle. We've seen them tackle better this year. Um, not in the losses, but we've seen them tackle better this year. So that is a, an effort, a motivational issue as well. There's a lot of players in this defense who were really good or really talented they spent some money on, but then there's some guys who really fall into that underdog category overall who have overachieved this year. I mean, really, as a defensive unit, they've overachieved. We know that. Um, you know, We know that nobody was expecting them to, to perform the way they are right now. Again, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, I thought maybe they could be a top 12 defense. You know, I didn't think they'd be pushing top five. You know, I didn't think they'd be sitting, you know, in the position that they're in. Um, they've overachieved. And, and those overachievers, you know, when those guys don't perform to that level, you're going to have some major problems. Um, so, yeah, they were waiting for somebody else to make the play. There wasn't that, that burning desire to be the one who was going to step up and do it. They let Mike White complete short pass after short pass, which would be fine if you make the tackle, but they didn't make the tackles, all right? They missed 15 tackles. Um, short passes, like just to touch on this, short passes in zone, like like that's routine. Like that's how zone coverage works. And you can't play man all the time, especially when you're playing poorly. You can't really play man. Um, that's, that's not going to help issues. You've got to make the tackle, all right? 
And it's okay because even if they're moving the chains, like there's going to be an opportunity for a turnover, especially when you're playing Mike White. I mean, look, they had three turnovers. All right. One of them was a good, really good effort by Von Bell. Like they gave up some yards in that play, but then Von Bell, you know, put in a really good effort. The other two were interceptions. They were basically drop balls. Like they were, they were tipped by the receiver, and the defensive player reacts and makes a good play on it. All right. Again, that's the defensive version of the talent taking over. Right. They were just better. If you keep forcing them to move the ball that way in five-yard chunks, there was going to be more opportunities for that. All right. And and you know if they if they tackle better. Okay, if they were making those tackles, there was going to be more opportunities for that. And the offensive coordinator would have gotten bored, all right, because they always do. And he would have tried something else. The offense came up with only 10 points off of those three turnovers in the first half, including being shut out of the end zone with first and goal from the one set up by the defense. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, in any game, you can't do that. You're being set up in that way. You've got to capitalize. You know, we've seen that be a problem for this team this year, capitalizing off defensive turnovers, what few defensive turnovers there have been. But we also now have this short yardage situation, right? And that's been an ongoing thing as well. Uh, it's a continuum of their inability to run the ball in these short yard situations. That's why they struggle in third and short as well. Speaks to the O-line not getting push. They've struggled up front on both sides of the ball this week. It's the same old story in the offense, but it's new for the defense. All right, They lost this game in the trenches. People always talk about play calling. And look, I didn't love some of the offensive play calling early. I thought as the game went on, it there was some really good stuff in there. Uh, and I liked what they were doing later on. Uh, but again, like they just weren't playing. Uh, honestly, sometimes that's what it comes down to. And it's really disappointing that you see how close this team is. And everything positive we've seen and heard about the culture. Um, but where's the emotional leadership? You know, that, That's why I wonder, where's that guy who doesn't care about being friends. He doesn't care who likes him. Um, what he cares about is demanding the most out of everybody around him. Like That can be a coach, you know, and I think it is a, a, an important part of a coach's job, all right? It's, a lot of times um, they don't necessarily have the personality for that. But adding the emotion, you know, that should be something that the, that the head coach is doing on game day. Um, keeping players focused in a week like this, that's something that the head coach should be doing all week long uh but in the moment you know when you're in this game and you know you're behind it and you come out flat like is burrow that guy i mean is there somebody on defense i i I don't know like burrow seems like that guy seems to have that makeup um you know you saw him get angry once and you know the offense kind of started to get things going from there but like still they weren't they weren't really executing they were really fighting it didn't seem to carry over to the defense um so someone just needs to draw the line and say, no, like this is not acceptable. And I tweeted the other day, uh, the Ed Reed clip from Miami, you know, that's, I mean, that's a great clip. They were uh, coming out of halftime and I think they were actually winning that game against Florida state in like 2001, I believe it was. And you know, they were winning it, but they just weren't, they weren't competing the way they needed to. And he knew it, you know, and, and the quote is, uh, I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm a right. Hell nah. Joaquin said dominate. We're not doing it. I'm putting my heart in this shit, man. Let's go. You know, and where is that guy? 
you know, where is that fire? I mean, yeah, where is, like, <laughs> no team has that read, don't get me wrong. But, like, they need somebody that, that has that passion and can light a fire under everybody else in these tough moments. Um, that's the adjustment that needs to be made, all right? It wasn't, it wasn't blitzing more. It wasn't getting out of zone coverage. Like, that wasn't going to do it. Like, in fact, blitzing and running man, if, if your defense isn't really going, like, that was probably just going to hurt them. Uh, <laughs> it was probably just going to get them, uh, you know, cause some, some big plays um, because of the situation that that puts you in. Like, if you're not going, like, stay in zone, at least you have a, a chance of slowing the bleed. But who is the emotional leader? You know, on the offense, who is the emotional leader on the defense? That's what I'm wondering. You know, that's what they've got to figure out. Um, they look. They really need to keep that underdog mentality. Like that's how they're going to win games. They've got to figure out a way to keep it, even when they when they win a few more games, even when they pull off a big upset. You know, in a few weeks here, even if they make it to the playoffs, like. Even if they're even if they're hosting a playoff game because they they won the division, like you you've got to be able to keep that mentality because that's how you're going to win. Uh, look, the Mike Hilton penalty, who cares? Like they didn't deserve to win that game anyway. And and personally, I'd rather have them lose than have that false positive because the false positive of winning, all right, probably going to play a be more damaging, all right, long term than that one loss outside of the division is going to be like they needed to lose that game it needs to hurt and that's how you learn that's how you you make up for these mistakes because too often we see that with teams they pull off some wins and everything's okay because when you win like win heals all right that's the that's the slogan win heals all and that can be a good thing right it can it can deal with some issues but it can be a bad thing too because it, it makes you think, well, everything's okay. Like, I, I remember in my coaching career, like early in my coaching career, uh, I had a group of defensive backs that played terrible. And we won the game basically because the head coach was really good with clock management and made the second half of the game dis- disappear. Um, but it was – it was, it was a house of cards. I mean, it was it was difficult because uh, then the DBs and backs were not playing well, and and that was on me. And and I remember like afterwards, like I was pissed. And these guys are like, "Hey, coach, we won, we won." I'm like, "Yeah, but you didn't play good enough to win. Like, you're, we're not going to win." And you know, sure enough, we we play poor game next week. I didn't do a good job of. Uh, teaching them that lesson during the week and we played another poor game the next week and that one we did lose so it makes it a lot easier it's a lot easier to teach you know when there are consequences uh, of the mistakes that are made so that's what this is it's a teachable moment and they've got to learn some these tough lessons and move on with it so that that false positive of winning uh, much more dangerous. They have to hurt. They've got to feel this. And they've got to have that in them to, to not want to feel it again. And to do the little things that they've, they, they need to do. All right, to attack every single moment as that underdog, to pretend that they're the, they're the one-win team, you know, going into every game. 
Um, and it, it should be a little easier the rest of the way because the rest of the schedule is really, really good. You know, you get the whole, uh, uh, you get the whole division. Uh, you've got the AFC West. Uh, you've got some good teams uh, coming through here. So should be a little easier to sell that to them anyway. Um, you know, I think the, the easier part of the, of the schedule is gone. And it's going to be a battle from here on out. So they learned the lesson or they didn't. We're going to find out. And it starts with the Cleveland Browns this weekend. So um, I'm Matt Minnick for Coach Speak. Thanks for listening to me ramble on this very depressing episode of the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, brighter days ahead. And, again, like it's a, it's a process. The season is long. And teams that grow and teams that learn and teams that stay healthy over the course of the season, those are the ones that are in a good position at the end of the year. So hopefully we're learning these lessons and we can keep this thing uh, rolling into January. I'm Matt Mick. This is Coach Speak. Good day.